A very warm welcome to you all to this new season of the Enigmatic Elite. I'm your host, Fidel Mwaki. I trust you're all keeping well as we start the new year. Some of you may be back to work, while others may still be working from home. In this episode, we look at the employment relationship in light of COVID-19. Our guests, Bobo Cheno, a lawyer and leader of a law firm and an employer. He will help us understand some of the interesting questions and ideas coming out from working from home, working in the office, and COVID-19. So grab a pen, sit back, and take some notes. Hi, Bob. Hi, Fidel. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Very good. Very good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks uh, for joining our podcast today. Right. It's my pleasure. Super. Um, We are going to discuss, um, and I'll just um, read it out, a year on the first case of COVID-19 in Kenya, has employment changed? Um, and uh, we, we've been having some discussions on this um, in the last few weeks. Um, yeah. It's been an interesting one year in my view, and, and just, just to bring up the topic and give a bit of background. Um, yeah. We all know that COVID um, came on us pretty suddenly around end of end of February. We had right. seen the cases uh, come up around the world. We were looking, we were thinking, hmm, this this. It's, it's spreading, it's starting to spread like wildfire. Uh, we're not sure whether um, Africa is going to be affected. We've yeah. seen a plane come in um, from, from one country with, with passengers and we're like, why was it allowed into the country? So we all, we all had those uh, doubts. Right. And particularly as, and, and, uh, as, as, as employers, um, yeah. we started having, you know, some some serious concerns because, of course, you know, with COVID, we, we saw um, economies were starting to shut down. Right. Um, government was implementing, um, you know, guidelines on, on how people should uh, should navigate this. Right. So, so here on, we, we, we've kind of uh, reached a, a level whereby we're used to um, working, uh, in some cases, from home. Yes. Um, Certain cases were used to working with masks full time, half the time. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. I don't know how it's been for you. Um, for me, yeah. it's been. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll give you a chance in in a moment. But for me, it's been a very interesting challenge because as as a lawyer, um, you're right. used to having um, your staff and yourself interacting a lot with clients. So it's very very difficult to uh, stay at home full time. Right. Especially when clients have to sign documents, and you know that that one-on-one sometimes is, is, is inevitable. Right. Um, so, of course, as an employer, you are. I, I was very, very concerned as to how um, my workers or my employees uh, were able to work safely. Yes. Um, 
in, in this new environment. I don't know how it's been for you, um, especially when we look at, you know, employer, employee, how you, you and your employees uh, were able to navigate um, COVID-19. Yeah, so thanks, Fidel. Um, I, certainly, it's been uh, challenging. And uh, particularly when you're used to seeing uh, people around you, and all of a sudden you have to take that uh, drastic uh, decision to decide who is going to be available in the office and who is supposed uh, to be at home. And uh, how do you ensure that you maintain productivity at the same time? Yeah. So we had to, in our case, ensure that uh, our employees are safe and, uh, you know, had to have them take their annual leave mm. uh, for starters. And uh, under the optimistic view that COVID would slowly disappear in a month or two, but who unto us, uh, it went on and on and on. So we were forced to ensure that, um, you know, some employees would continue or rather extend their leave uh, while on um, reduced pay. Uh, because we yeah. did, in fact, had to ensure that we cut our expenses. Uh, although difficult a decision that was, that was the only way we had to ensure to that uh, our bottom line is safe whilst yes mm. we were getting instructions we just had uh, to take that decision that yes this cadre of employees had to stay away whilst these are the ones uh were required to report and at the same time we had to implement certain uh rules within the office that ensured that not only are our clients safe but also our employees are safe as well yeah yeah mm. I, i'm guessing those were i would say they were painful decisions yes um because when you start telling somebody who has worked for you for you know a year two years three years but yeah. suddenly you can't assure them of you know the salary they were expecting yes or um the job that they've had yeah. Um, they, they, it, it's really, as much as they were strategic decisions, there was that human element to it. Yes. Um, whereby, you know, employees uh, really suffered. Yes. I know we, we had to, in, you know, implement pay cuts. Yeah. And, and it, it wasn't, it, it, was, it was received with good grace, but you could see yeah. that there was some, some challenges here and there. Yes. Um, were you having uh, a lot of flexible time um, with some of your employees? Yes, uh, we sort of had a, a flexi work uh, where yeah. they would come in, for instance, at, uh, say, 9 and leave uh, by 2 p.m. Yeah. So that way we were able to ensure that uh, we deliver our services without any disruption. And obviously we had... Some would come in a little bit early, like myself. I would always be in the office a little bit early and extend as well. So, I mean, again, as a leader, you have to communicate confidence during such uh, 
period because everyone is yeah. looking up to you and if you decide to take a back seat then uh, mm. i mean we we are dealing with humans and they will always be able yeah. to see that hey if uh, bobby is has taken a you know <laughs> a back seat then uh, what about us so yeah ensure that we communicate that confidence that yes whilst we are in the middle of uh, a pandemic uh, you know we can still weather the storm and we are working uh, you know within the hour to ensure that uh, not only are our team confident or but also the future of the firm is certain so that's exactly what we want to be yeah yeah you know, i think leadership in 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 such a in such a situation is is absolutely key and and i applaud you for for setting the, the tone for your for your farm yes because as as we both know covid is one of those diseases where people are just fearful yes that they are next yeah yes. they see on tv yeah um not just let's let's not even talk about in kenya you see yes. in the uk in the us yeah. it spreads like wildfire people are dying yes so so you when you wake up in the morning and you are dressing up getting ready for work yeah um, when you get into your car or onto the public transport and you know on the way to work yeah your mind is thinking you know the the next person i sit next to say in 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 the bus yes could be carrying it yeah yeah could be carrying it yeah you get to work yeah of course you know when you get to work you feel oh i'm now in my work environment i'm probably feeling a bit more confident a bit safer because i work with these guys every day yes but honestly everybody is coming from different corners of of town right they are interacting with different people every single day right they could easily bring or carry unknowingly the disease into the office right for wherever you're working so that that aspect of of you know we call we call these diseases occupational diseases right so for example i'll give a very good example of a frontline worker like a police officer or somebody in the health service right they're going to work every day they deal with sick people yeah continuously yes the risk of getting contracting the disease is much much higher exactly mm. so for them covid-19 is is essentially an occupational disease because they can easily get it at work right i don't know what what what, what do you see covid-19 as a occupational disease and if so how how can employers and employees uh, find a way to protect themselves well that's a good question fidel and uh, i in my own opinion would consider that as an occupational disease uh, depending on the industry that uh, one works from you can talk about the hospitality industry you can talk about the food industry for example uh, companies involved in manufacturing of food etc and uh, our restaurants for instance so uh, depending yeah. on the industry that you're working with and i think this would uh, more or less be in a service industry then i think it should be considered as an occupational disease however uh, i think yeah. that needs to be thought through carefully because that would mean that we go back and uh have a new definition of uh, what an occupational disease is because i think uh, yeah. uh if you look at our our oshwa it does not yeah. really take that into account and uh, the occupational safety and uh, health act yes 
because he okay. just uh, you know talks about hazard you know things to do with substance agent and source of energy mm. situation having the potential of causing uh you know undesirable consequences and uh, from an employer employee uh, perspective i would think that this is an opportunity for employers particularly to consider maybe remote work policy uh, yeah. this has to be uh, done with the consultation of the employees from my own point of view because uh, you know employers risk uh, having uh, discrimination suits uh, being filed against them because some people would st- start saying uh, why haven't i been considered for a remote work uh, sort of a scheme and again yeah. the question would be what sort of job cadres should be applicable so employers should have an eligibility criteria for employees who are going to be uh, subjected to a remote work policy again comes yeah. again comes with its own issues because uh, yeah. how do you uh, manage and ensure productivity because remember i believe that when somebody is working at the comfort of their home there are so many distractors like children for mm. instance and just the fact that no one is watching uh, we know mm. humans have that tendency of you know sitting back and say i'll work on it later you know <laughs> so like it's on netflix all the while they're oh, sending emails yeah and then yeah. when you call them they pretend that yeah yeah i just sent you an email and i'm working on it yeah so <laughs> from an employee perspective again there's a challenge there again because uh how many employees would be willing to take up that um option because as we know uh you know most jobs come with that security that i am insured at the end of the month to get a certain amount of money that will enable me mm-hmm. attend to my financial obligations provide food clothing etc to my family so again yeah. there is that need for acceptance that things have changed it's mentally distracting mm. and yeah i think there's that that is a first point uh, employees should work hand in hand with their employers to ensure not only uh, do they weather the storm but mm. they come out uh, with strategies and even ideas that will enable propel the company you know way past mm. the situation so Uh, I think that would be my take in as far as employee employee relationship again we've yeah. seen uh, uh issues to do with unpaid leaves at this point in time uh mm. employees should consider uh taking unpaid leave which is something i saw although difficult uh people you know having to pay their rents etc mm. how am i going to do that if i take unpaid leave and we yeah. know for a fact that with the pandemic there was re- reduced economic activities so that means that companies were struggling to even make profits uh, so they are, yeah. they they were looking at reducing their costs at the same time ensuring that the uh, welfare of the employees are well taken care of so where do you draw the line you have somebody mm. looking at you with those eyes like uh, you are all that i think of every day morning yeah. ensuring that fidel will not call me and tell me eh, your job is is no more so yeah there's need for that uh, 
collaboration between employer and employee and it should be a genuine one not mm. uh, you know because i know i know of very funny employers who have taken this as an opportunity to now trump on employees rights so mm. coming up with unreasonable policies and they're looking at opportunities to now fire that person who has been you know uh, a thorn in the yeah. flesh for the longest so they are praying that this thing should continue and this is a good reason for me to declare, declare this guy redundant so there's been that uh, sort of um, situation circumstances arising out of this pandemic mm. yeah no no i think i think it's very interesting that you say this uh, especially you use the word collaboration yes um because because i i i'll give my own experience yes um, when when we were implementing a, a pay pay cut, yes, we actually had a you know a sit down with the employees and, and you know had a discussion and you know yes. and I think that's 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 very very key, especially in a time where, of course, you do not want to um, destroy your business. Yes, you as a business owner, you are very very conscious of the fact that at the end of the COVID or once COVID uh, alleviates to a certain extent, you want to be still operating. Yes. Um, but of course, you also have that human element. You need to be concerned about uh, the welfare of your staff because welfare of staff is is not just oh how are they doing while they are seated in the office yes. doing your work. Yes, you you don't know how they are. Of course, you don't have much insight into their private or personal lives. Right. But how they how well they work also impacts on. On, on on their personal lives. You know, if they're getting paid, their personal life is much better than if they're not. Yeah. It's it's pretty much that simple. Yes. So so it's 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 important, I think, yeah, during that this period, even as people were implementing, you know, pay cuts, uh, sending people on unpaid leave, um, you know, taking those um, drastic measures. Right. It it was particularly important that that collaboration uh, be there. Yeah. And employers don't take advantage of a situation to impose um, unfair procedures, unfair terms, right. uh, sacking people for no reason. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that of course, would not, was not, um, would, would not have worked. Right. It's not something that can work very, very well yeah. um, over the long term. Yeah. Mm. And I think uh, if we can draw some examples from the West, and particularly if you look at the UK, mm. they are that follow scheme. Yes. Uh, maybe it's time that uh, the Ministry of Labour, you know, should consider, together with the Federation of Kenya Employers, uh, you know, to come up with certain, you know, uh, uh, what I would call stopgap measures. They are aimed at stopping a certain uh, issue for a certain period. Come up with these systems mm. where, uh, you know, employees would be secured in as much as there is that temporary suspension of business activities, because some company, companies have literally died. So you can imagine the number, yeah. the number of uh, people who are now jobless. It has increased. Yeah. Uh, and if we have such regulations or just simple measures of ensuring that not only are we securing the future of uh, commercial activity within the country, but also the future mm. of the, the workforce, that, that is the labor, is also well taken care of. Look at the, the U.S. Yeah. We had so many people filing for the insurance claims. Uh, the, and, you know, mm. 
is it time for us as a country uh, to consider uh, such? If so, what would be the criteria? What do we need to do that these people are, are, are doing? Because I feel like uh, we have uh, the capacity and, you know, the people with the necessary skills and knowledge to come up with such, uh, you know, policies and even uh, laws that would ensure yeah. that, uh, you know, uh, the employment as is, is well taken care of. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, our economy is, you know, and, and, and it's it's a, it's a developing economy, so it's 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 you know any any small thing can cause a shock which affects a large group of people. Yes. So COVID nineteen came in and it affected you know millions of people. People lost jobs. Yes. Um, and and of course we've seen it around the world. We've seen now a vaccine. Yes. Um, or a number of companies have have developed vaccines. Yes. Um, these vaccines, unfortunately, haven't trickled down to the developing world yet. They are still very much uh, contained at, uh, within the developed nations. Yes. Of course, the crisis is, is much bigger there. Right. Um, but but this, this vaccine, now that it's coming in, um, as, and I guess I've, 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 sensed, I've sensed it even as I'm going about my own uh, daily, you know, daily life practice. Right. I've sensed people are much more confident outside. Right. Um, maybe maybe the confidence is misplaced. Right. Um, I've seen people are much more willing to engage in social activities. All the bars are suddenly full. Right. <laughs> I was in a I was in a, in a in a supermarket just the other day. Right. Um, along Mombasa Road, there are like two bars which are just the sound was crazy, and you were like, um, "What's what's going on? Yeah. Is, are people?" It, it's back to normal, yeah. yeah? yeah. In, in the bars, no masks, yeah. you know. So, so of course, there is that confidence because our, also our cases are low. Yeah. And, but I think that vaccine, when people had the vaccine, was suddenly uh, available. Yes. It caused people to relax. Yeah. So assuming the vaccine comes in to Kenya in the next six months, we were told end of March. Yes. Uh, that's to be seen. Yes. As, as, as employers, we are now starting to think ahead. Right. I'm guessing some of us are thinking ahead and saying, um, of course, we may be having some vulnerable workers in our, in our, in our organization. Yes. Those above 50. Yeah. Um, we may be having um, people coming from, you know, high population density areas. Right. Are we thinking about that? Because as an employer, what do you start thinking about when dealing with your staff? You just say, okay, I'm going to be uniform and think about everyone. Yeah. Or do we now start, you know, asking questions, you know, prying into private lives of our employees? Oh, where have you been yeah. this weekend? Where do you stay? Yeah. Um, that area seems like it has a high rate of COVID. Yeah. Um, perhaps you should consider getting vaccinated as soon as the vaccine comes in. And if you don't, what's what's the next step? So do you feel like this vaccine will start to impact and affect how we as employers yeah. uh, deal with our staff. Uh, definitely, uh, it's going to affect how we deal with our uh, employees. 
and vice versa mm. because the general rule is that uh, employers have an obligation to ensure that employees have a safe working environment and this mm. means that uh, we have as employers uh, to ensure that we sort of implement certain protocols within the office that not only ensures that our employees are safe but also we extend that same measure to our clients particularly for lawyers that is the nature of our business we handle a lot of clients mm. and uh, how that is going to be implemented is a, is a big question here because we have uh, not only uh, employers who have already started thinking about we need to have a sort of a new job policy for example and how this uh, a what job what is a new say? job for example new, a new, new job, job. Uh, i'm using that just yes. to reference covid and yeah. uh, the question would be uh, how do we ensure that all employees buy into this new job policy obviously we've seen mm. across the world that uh, the most vulnerable are the ones who are being taken care of uh, initially and then we trickle down to the rest it doesn't mean that uh, uh, you know the ones who are not vulnerable are being discriminated but uh, preference is being given to the so called vulnerable these are aged people who people who have pre existing conditions etc but then again the question would be uh, for example you ask me would you be willing to be vaccinated in order to secure your employment the question would be uh why am i being targeted i may ask that question if my employer hasn't sought my uh, opinion on this issue then the question would be i feel targeted so then and then yeah. i feel like i'm being discriminated and i have the right not to be discriminated so i may decide to uh, file a suit or leave employment because i feel like i have been discriminated and thereon mm. whilst the employer is looking at maintaining their bottom line there is a risk already so and that's why i mentioned the word collaborate two would be for example mm. i have certain beliefs perhaps religious beliefs that i uh, you know i believe in god which is a fantastic thing and i say that uh, you know god will take care of me i don't need to be vaccinated so how do you deal with that and the final bit would be uh, some sort of funny philosophical beliefs that people have out here we are humans at the end of the day and people might say that this is a uh, you know a ploy by the west to ensure that africans or people in third world <laughs> countries don't catch up with us so we we mm. have to contend with that and ensure that when we are rolling out these new job policies as employers we ensure that our em- employees are asked questions about it their opinion sort and in drafting mm. these policies make you know them see that their suggestions or proposed amendments to an already prepared document have been captured that way you'll be able to show them that not only do we care about you but also your opinions matter to the company 
Iya. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, that consultation um, should should be there, but but hopefully it's not a piecemeal consul- consultation. Yeah. Um, just getting views yes. for purposes of some internal report, yeah. and then you've already decided mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, you will be implementing a policy irrespective of what the internal consultation uh, process um, uh, determines. Right. Um, we 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 have seen though um, certain. Uh, I would say employers or organizations, right. and the most obvious one being uh, the airlines yes. are now insisting that before you travel, you must have a COVID uh, vaccination, or you know, you must have a test result that is negative or a vaccination certificate. Yes. Um, are we going to see this kind of? I mean, yeah, of course, there'll be a, a consultation, but if you're a big organization, and we can talk about, let's even mention one of them, the, the Safaricom, say your Safaricom. Yes. You're a huge organization with a lot of staff. Yeah. Um, is it something that you just say, look, this is mandatory? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preempting what they'll say, but this is just as an example of, an, of, an, of, of a large organization. Or even look, look at the county, county yes. government, national right. government. Um, if you're employed there, I'm assuming the government will, because of the numbers, right. insist that uh, everyone, at least at the very least, get a yes. test. Um, at the worst, or the you know, at the worst, you you must have a vaccination. Yes. Then you look at the smaller organizations, whereby you have a small office and maybe four people in that small right. space. It's still a risk factor. Yes. It, yes. So, so I mean, this this whole vaccination um, issue, it seems to me like, if you're an employer, are you not going to err on the side of caution mm. and just insist on 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 everyone being at the very least um, vaccinated or or, or tested? Mm. Well, um, the question would be, how affordable is it? Because at the end of the day, yeah. if it's going to be mandatory, then I would ad- I would advise that the employer takes the cost. But the employer is mm. not willing to shoulder the cost. Then you can imagine if I'm coming from a reduced salary, uh, let's say 20 or 30% yes. or even 50%, then you still expect mm. me to pay uh, let's say, for example, for argument's sake, 10,000 shillings, because we don't know whether uh, the government is going to provide the vaccine yeah. for free or will be uh, forced to pay. Uh, I would go with the latter because I, yeah. you know, going by the COVID tests that we've seen, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they've even been uh, segregated that you have uh, a COVID test for X amount of money, you have another one for X amount of money, and all have different, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you even wonder, should I go for the cheaper one? Are the results going to yeah. be genuine? Or I mean, mm. to what extent uh is an employer or employee going to be expected to shoulder the cost? Perhaps if yeah. an employer is going to insist on a mandatory 
vaccination, then I propose that they shoulder the cost. However, mm. should the employer feel like they do not have the resources to cater for everyone, then again, this takes us back to the collaboration that we were talking about. We'd say, let's mm. agree that we are going to pay, for example, 70% whilst the employee pays 30%. That way, the employee would feel again that indeed the employer you know, is concerned about my welfare. And that's why they've decided that mm. they take or shoulder 70% of the bill. But how many companies can yeah. do that? And I guess this also leads into um, issues to do with uh, data protection, yes. uh, data privacy as, as an employer now. Of course, um, information is going to start being yes. shared. You know, you talk about the cross-border. Say it's a cross-border transaction. You want to send somebody across, you know, to, to another country to, right. to work. Um, that country is going to be requesting for certain information, right. including sensitive right. data on that person. For example, their right. health status. Yeah. Um, as an employer, are we now, um, or are employers now, uh, should they start thinking about the kind of data that they receive from their employees, because of course you have your 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 your, your usual, you know, next right. of kin. Um, you want your identification documents. Right. Some may, for certain jobs, may request that you have a medical examination if it, you know, requires right. that. But generally, most most jobs don't require that you have a medical right. examination. Um, is this is this a is this a road that employers really want to go? into basically seeking to, to, to acquire personal information about an employee's health. Say, have you had COVID in the last six months? Mm -hmm. You know, is that a question that an employer should really be asking? Mm -hmm. Because that also gets into the issue of data privacy, right. data protection, um, what, can, what information can employers hold right. about you? Would you feel comfortable giving an employer, you know, information about, you know, um, oh, I had COVID uh, last year yeah. in October. It, it can actually, it could, it could impact on, on whether that employer decides to take mm, you on. Definitely it would. I think there's no uh, discussion about whether or not an employer should ensure that uh, you know, an employee's data is well taken care of, particularly now that we have the Data Protection mm -hmm. Act and we have also uh, yeah. the, the GDPR, which are extraterritorial in nature. So um, I would mm -hmm. strongly advise at this point in time that employers should go back to the drawing board. Yes, like you've rightfully mentioned that we have this, no, uh, you know, general requirement that we know you're next of kin we uh, you know we know we know where you stay we have your bank account details we have your nhif nssf pin etc any medical yeah. report that is to be shared outside the borders of kenya for instance there has to be that sent you have mm. to procure or to, or to notify the data subject which is your employee for example that you're going to share your information 
with, for example, uh, Metropol or can we say Interpol? Uh, is it Interpol that uh, does a lot of uh, investigations? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yes, I believe so. to what yeah. extent of your information are you going to share? So this would require every employer to consider having data policies in addition to other mm. policies that they already have. Because for instance, if I if Fidel is in my employment register and decides, uh, yes, he's a top employer, I'm an employee, and decides to jump ship, and I have for example, a COVID-19 certificate showing that Fidel did uh, as tested uh, for COVID, it came out negative, he underwent the vaccination, etc. To For how long should I keep mm. that information? This would be captured well in mm. your data policy, uh, data retention policies, for instance. For example, you'd say within two years, of your resignation or upon termination of the employment contract, we shall, uh, you know, have to destroy this information. And even before you destroy the information, remember, you need to notify me that uh, the information, mm. this is what we hold that relates to you as a data subject. And we mm. are now attending to X, Y, Z in the form of destruction of this uh, information. Alternatively, you may come by our office, collect all your information, and uh, you know sign some sort of an acknowledgement stating that the company no longer has any information relating to you. Because failing which, mm. uh, then we are going to see other now uh, claims against employers. And these uh, claims, uh, they carry a lot of punitive uh, fines, I would say. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I agree with you. I think uh, as, as employers now, not just with, with COVID, but with any information that, uh, you know, you're keeping uh, in, in respect to your employees, you now need to start being very, very careful. Um, the Data Protection Act yeah. is already in force. Um, there are uh, now steps underway to, to actually, uh, you know, bring out yes. the regulations. So we know that that, that yes. process is underway. So um, as an employer, you really um, need to uh, be looking out and um, thinking twice, um, having some internal audit process whereby you, you're able to see how best to navigate um, right. this new normal. Uh, probably the last last question I can ask you is, yeah. and it's more general. Um, what, what what should we watch out for in the next few months? Because I can see um, a lot of normality uh, getting, you know, we're getting back into the swing of things. Uh, you know, business hopefully will yeah. will improve um, as the vaccine hopefully starts to roll out. Um, a more positive right. outlook, but. With, with with that caveat that we should be right. remain cautious and and still you know exercise discretion in how how we are we are we're dealing with 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 our teams our employees right. our employers 
Um, so, so how how do you see how do you see the next few months? Well, uh, the next you know, few months would be interesting. Number one, because um, I mean, I'm predicting a lot of economic activities uh, in the sense that uh, at least there'll be movement of monies uh, within the economy, and that yeah. means uh, we'll be on track to to get back to our pre-COVID uh, period. And uh, I think from uh, an employer-employee relationship, we are going to see, again, unfortunately, lots of layoffs and restructuring, particularly in companies that were over-leveraged. Yeah. So there will be need for that in order to stay alive. And, uh, you know, the, the hospitality industry that has been on its knees is slowly picking up. But then again, I'm going to see, uh, rather, yeah. we are going to see an increased number of employment claims. Some will be dubious, uh, yeah. but others would be merited. Because like I said, this is an opportunity for most employers who do not follow process to terminate, uh, you know, their employees without, uh, you know, fair reasons or any other justifiable reason. Uh, again, we are going to see yeah. an increased number of uh, companies that opt for uh, the remote uh, working, where you have a certain cadre of employees that would be uh, allowed to work from home. How they do that, uh, yeah. again, and how sustainable that would be is, is a question that I put out there for everyone to answer. But uh, I am looking at uh, a positive outlook in terms of economic activities.